Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 256, and it is titled, What are the Masculine and Feminine Archetypes in Us All? So on this show, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I talk a lot about masculine and feminine energies and polarities, but I haven't really gotten into archetypes all that much, even though it is a subject that has fascinated me for a long time. And actually, it's been on my list of shows to do, but I just I haven't gotten there yet. Um, so today we're going to cover basically all of those things. We're going to talk about what are they, how are they different uh, how does that factor in when somebody is maybe going through a process or, you know, if somebody is coaching work like my guest does today? So um, I think it's going to be a really fascinating conversation because I think it's going to be a little bit different angle than you're used to hearing. Um, that, that's what I think is going to happen on this show. <laughs> but before we get there quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed? Then check out Power and Mastery. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Okay, so today's guest is Andrew Daniel, and he is an award-winning and international best-selling author and director at the Center for Cinesomatic Development. He is the author of Awaken to Your True Self and Holistic Sex and an advisor at the Alan Watts Organization. So that is a very interesting bio. First of all, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Kevin. <laughs> uh, it's a super interesting bio. You got, you've got some, I mean, from, I'm not even sure, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, the Center for Cinesomatic Development, but also an advisor at the Alan Watts Organization. That's something that is interesting, at least it is to me anyway. Are you a fan of Alan Watts? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's was remarkable. <clears throat> yeah, and, and that's that's just half of the bio. So it's uh, it's really great to be here. Uh, I guess I'll share a little bit about that. Um, so the Center for Cinesomatic Development, which you said perfectly. Sometimes people uh, goof on that one, so that was great. Um, that's where we do a process called Cinesomatics, which I'm sure we'll talk about here because it has a lot to do with how I discovered these masculine and feminine archetypes within the body. So we do a lot of embodiment work. Uh, I do a lot of work with couples as well. And it's really interesting to see uh, couples come together and see these masculine feminines, feminine polarities play out through their movements and interactions with each other. So that's a bit of the relevant stuff that we do uh, at, the, at the center. And uh, yeah, the the book piece, uh, Awaken to Your True Self. Uh, so this is a book um, not quite as focused on sex and relationships, but everything I talk about uh, is relevant. I talk about narcissism. I talk about intimacy. I talk about feeling, sensuality, getting out of the head, into the body, all stuff that we all can use to improve our relationships. And uh, yeah, the Ellen Watts organization, basically I'm an advisor there and I've been with them for about two years helping them uh, with new innovation and systems. We're working on a, 
a new streaming platform that has the entire audio and video collection of Alan Watts. We have unreleased stuff coming out, things that have been colorized from black and white. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff that we work on over there. Very cool. I appreciate a little bit more of an explanation because I was just curious myself. I wanted to know a little bit more about that. All right, so let's just dive in here. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, I mentioned that I talk about masculine and feminine polarities a lot on the show, but people get my take on it. And I think I have a feeling that we'll be relatively in line, but I have a feeling that you might have your own sort of take on it too. So I'm wondering if you could just tell the audience a little bit about uh, masculine and feminine polarities. Like what are they? What does that mean when we say that? I think the best place to start off with is uh, duality. So we're gonna we're gonna chunk up a little bit here, and if if you can understand the the nature of time and space, okay, we're chunking up quite a bit here. So the nature of of time and space, and our current three dimensional reality is a dualistic polarized reality. For every up, there is a down. For every proton, there's an electron. For every north pole, there's a south pole. For every left, there's a right. And movement and time, right, the future, the past, movement and time would not be possible without this duality. In the East, it's referred to as uh, the Tao, the yin and yang. Right, So we've all seen this yin and yang symbol. And this is really the two foundational energies of our reality. Now, this sounds really big. It sounds really esoteric. But this has everything to do with masculine and feminine. Because that's what it is. Masculine and feminine. North pole, south pole. Yin, yang. Black and white. Light, dark left, right, up, and down. It's the same thing. Now, when it comes to what we're talking about here, to what's interesting to all of your listeners, is what that has to do with our sex life, with our relationships with men and women. So, if you can understand this concept that our entire reality functions on polarity, you'll start to understand the importance of how this shows up in our relationships. You'll also be able to understand that there is not a value judgment here. Because a lot of people, when you start t talking about masculine and feminine, there's all these distortions, there's all these stereotypes, there's all these traumas and triggers, and there's a lot. Even nowadays, it's it's even more insane because even if you just say man or woman, people are going nuts. So if you understand that when we're talking about masculine and feminine dynamics in a relationship, that this is a, a, if not a, the foundational principle of what makes our reality work, it changes everything because it's no longer about men versus women or being girly or boyish. It's about how our reality fundamentally works. So that's where I usually start in addressing this because if we get right into, well, men do this and women do this and then you become polarized, there's all of this 
baggage that many cultures uh, bring to it. But if we chunk up and say, this is literally just an extension of how everything in our current universe works, it takes all of that off the table and you look at it as just a simply matter of fact. There, there's no belief systems, there's no culture, culture dogma, it's just, oh, well, this is just the nature of the universe, and as humans, uh, we're an extension of that nature. I love that explanation. That's probably one of the best explanations I've heard, and I love the fact that you chunked up. Interestingly enough, one of the things that popped into my mind when you were saying that is, one of the things that I see in more quote-unquote spiritual circles, right, people who think that, you know, they're doing more work and they're further advanced than everybody else, is this idea that you can transcend the duality, right? And so this is, I, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I have to ask you about it. So this idea that you can transcend the duality, and one of the things that I'm always telling people when I'm working with them and we're talking about these subjects is exactly what you just said, which is this is literally the foundation of everything in existence. You can't escape it. If you are here in a physical body and you are human, you cannot escape the fact that everything is based on duality. Yes. So this has been a a journey for me and a struggle for me because um, I've been one of those spiritual people. Uh, in, In my work, we call it spiritual elitism. We call it a spiritualized ego. The spiritualized ego is the ego that says egos are bad. <laughs> Let me help you not have an ego, says the ego. Uh, and it really is a booby trap. I think a lot of people have really great intentions. Uh, we just get uh, hoodwinked. You know, we just get hoodwinked in some of this stuff. So what I've figured out through about 15 years of sorting through all this stuff is that it's not an either or. It's understanding context. It's understanding orders of reality. So, in the way that I've experienced non-dual, right? There's a lot of non-dual teachings, which um, I'm a student of. Is uh, it's not oneness because when you say oneness and when you say duality. That's a duality in itself. So even in this oneness, you're still apart. You're still trapped into that dualistic way of thinking. Um, What I've came to the conclusion of is that this non-dual, for the sake of understanding this oneness-ness, transcends duality. So it's like eternity. Eternity is not a really long time. Eternity is beyond time and space altogether. And that's this essence of non-duality, of this oneness. And so we exist in time and space. So in these bodies right here, right now, we are in duality. But it's understanding duality in the context of non-duality or slash oneness. And with that was very helpful because it was no longer a battle at the same level. It was just understanding that like flight and the law of lift, that supersedes gravity. So things can fly. If gravity is real and it brings us all down, well, then how can birds and planes work? Well, there's another order of physics that transcends that. 
So that's one aspect of understanding we live in duality within a context of non-duality. We live in time in the context of eternity. And if you look at them together, you're going to get really confused and have no idea. But if you understand these are uh, an order of consciousness, an order of reality, then it makes everything fits together. Because you say, okay, all right, well, this is duality. We have man man and women. We have positive, negative. We have all this stuff. And yet, there is there's this sense that we're still all connected, that it's be, there's something beyond good and evil. There's something beyond just this dualistic way of thinking. You look at the yin and yang symbol. Well, yin and yang, this white fish and black fish chasing each other, these two sides, yes, there's two of them. But if you look at them, they're identical. They're just the same thing. They're just it, just the opposites of each other. And it's one symbol. It's not two different symbols separate. It's one symbol. So there's so much data in these symbols themselves, these archetypes, that if you know how to perceive them, it, it, it has so much data and wisdom for you. But if you're caught in these certain ways of thinking, uh, you, you don't see it. And so my final point with that, to conclude with the, the transcendent thing, as in one of the chapters of my book, I have this phrase, and it's called, your humanity is your divinity. And what a lot of people are trying to do with the whole transcending thing is they're trying to overcome their humanity. They're trying to say there's something up there that I should be at because this is inferior. This is not enough. This is uh, animalistic. And so they're trying to escape their humanity. They're trying to escape their suffering. They're trying to be more than human. Well, the problem is your humanity is your divinity. As you try to escape who you are, you're abandoning yourself. It's completely it's completely distorted. This is it. Because when you think this is not it, that there's something else, you're not here. You're always trying to escape, to transcend, to ascend. And you're missing the very thing that we're here to do. Wow. So, okay. I'm going to, I don't always do these when I have uh, guests on, but I got to give a sound effect. That is the truth bomb sound effect here on the show because. Wow. I didn't expect to go so deep into the philosophy of it, but I am so glad we did because you did such an excellent job of really clearly explaining some really difficult ideas. Like the what? <laughs> no, seriously, because you you indicated that it took you 15 years of studying all these non-dual teachings to finally come to that conclusion, and I don't know how many years I've been studying that stuff, but it took me a lot of years to come to that conclusion too, <laughs> right? It's not an easy thing to wrap your mind yeah. around, but you did a very good job of explaining it, and and given the loaded nature of the topic of masculinity and femininity yes. in today's society, I think that was a really fantastic place to start. Because that really lays a foundation for what it is we're actually talking about. And like you said, it takes the dogma out, it takes, you know, the religion out, it takes the, you know, politics out, and just looks at it more from a, you know, how is the nature of reality constructed? So thank you for that. I thought that was really, really brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff that I personally am fascinated in. Uh, 
I don't know how much the listeners are fascinated by it, but I could, have, I could, we could sit here and talk about this the whole rest <laughs> of the show. <laughs> however, however, that's not why the listeners are here. So, so let's bring it, bring it down a little bit. We kind of chunked out. Let's kind of chunk in a little, and then talk about how these coexist within each of us, right? Because then we're talking about masculine and feminine energies. You mentioned yes. that they're both present. So how how do they coexist within us, and and potentially how are they expressed? There's two different ways of approaching this. A, a philosophical sort of theoretical way and an embodied way. So if we look at it just of how we operate in the world, uh, we can see that there are these masculine and feminine principles. If we go back, they're just yin and yang. So you'll have logic and reason, and then you'll have uh, intuition, creativity. You'll have linear and well-defined and structured. Then you'll have abstract and chaotic. We move through life and the world pulling from all of these, right? You can be a person who has structure and logic and reason, but also intuition and creativity. You can be someone who thinks from rationale and reasoning, and you can be someone who moves from feeling and emotion. Neither are good or bad, neither are right or wrong. And each of us has access to this entire spectrum. So that's one way to look at it, and it's what a lot of people look at, and when it comes to relationships, that we, that's what we talk about. Oh, the masculine qualities in us, the feminine qualities in men and women. Um, most of the time, it's focused on men and masculinity and women and femininity, which is fine. When it comes to sex, those are very polarizing. They're very sexy. They're exciting. That's what creates all the... <laughs> an attraction. Well, what I want to, and that's a lot of stuff's out there on that, and we can talk about that. But what is not out there a lot is the second part, the embodiment piece. And so in the cinematic work, um, what I found out and discovered and have proof and evidence is that these polarities exist within our own bodies. So, for example... The right side of the body has the yang, the masculine quality to it. The left is the yin, the feminine. And I'm just going to drop a little bit this here as, as kind of a, as a teaser we can get into later. But this is evident so much into the point into my work that when I have clients come in to do an assessment call and I tell them to move their hands... Oftentimes, I can see their parents' relationship, their parents' dynamic play through in their hands. The father's energy comes through on this side, and the mother's comes through this side, and the way the hands move and interact, right, how the hands actually move and interact reveal how, when that person was a child, they took on through an embodiment um, absorption, through a, a, a 
mimicking through a entrainment of watching their parents, that then became how they embodied it. And so you see people literally moving through the world. When I say literally, I mean literally in their bodies, the way that they show up in their bodies, that those patterns get adopted and passed on from their parents and lives within them. We've all seen the little girl do things that mom and dad did. Oh, she does that same hand movement as her mom. Or he walks like his dad walks. That is not an accident. Those are mythologies. Those are structures. Those are archetypical patterns that the children adopt because they're just sponges and then become uh, embodied into them. And then they go live their life moving from that place in their body. And so our mother and our father are our initial reference point for the divine masculine and feminine or the yin and yang. Our mother and father are gods to us. When we're born, they're, they're literally <laughs> divine creatures. I mean, we are at complete, um, we're com- completely at their hands. And so they are our reference point for the masculine feminine principles in life. And so you see this practically, right? So what's more practical with this? Well, it's it's the woman who ends up marrying and dating her father, met, right? Her father, men who look like her father, act like it. And the, the boys end up becoming men who are dating their mother. And there's qualities, even if they look different, maybe there's qualities, uh, behaviors, things like that. So what I've discovered is that These are not only concepts we have in our mind, but they are archetypical ways of representing these principles that are actually within our bodies. Yeah, that's. I was kind of laughing to myself as you were just describing that because uh, I look more. So, so Celine, my wife, who has passed, listeners already know that. I look more like her dad than I do like my own dad. <laughs> that is no joke. We, we both have long hair, right? We both have beards. We're both the same height. We're about the same frame. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I was kind of laughing because, yeah, she obviously chose somebody that looked a lot like her dad. Uh, and there's, there's way more similarities between he and I as well. It, it's kind of funny. But you're right. These are things that we, we tend to do. Um, I've had another guest on the show uh, as well who, who he doesn't really talk about archetypes, but his whole thing was that we tend to pick up communication patterns uh, from our parents, which is obvious. But it, what, what he was saying specifically was, so as a man, I would learn how to communicate with a woman the way that my mother communicated with me because she was my primary female role mm. model, right? And so you see a lot of those patterns. So what you're saying is, is really, really true that in those early formative years, we are learning like sponges everything about what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman from our primary role models, which are our parents. Yeah, exactly. And then those show up in the body. So I, how we make this practical, let me just... If, if I can, about cinesomatics, um, because that, that puts a, a really different spin on this. So, cinesomatics is a, 
a transformational modality. So if you just look at the word cinna as in video, uh, and also it has its origins in Greek and kino of movement, and then somatics of the body. So basically what I do is I get people to move in their body. It could be dancing. Uh, we get people on a slack line. We can have them shake their hands. We can have them uh, toss uh, objects to each other, anything. So we get people moving in their body, then we film it. And so I have uh, very high-end cinematography equipment. We can also do it over Zoom. And so we film people moving in their bodies. Then we play that video back, and what I do is I go into that feeling place, and I reflect back to them, and I give them feedback on all of the stories, the mythologies, the archetypes, the blocks, the shadow material, the masculine and feminine polarities that show up in their physical body. So I reflect back to them that, and then they get to see it for themselves on video. They get to see their own body and these masculine and feminine archetypes playing out through their own body on video, on video while I'm giving them this feedback. So that's my main sort of thing that I do. That's my, my main business and facilitation is this process. So through this, with these things that we get from our parents, we get growing up, uh, these masculine and feminine reference points, as I watch people move and as they see themselves in their body, you can see these stories play out of childhood. So let's say mom uh, was passive-aggressive and um, played very small, and dad was tyrannical and abusive. Well, guess what? That's how that client, how that person is relating to those principles in themselves and in the world, in other men, in other women, and in themselves. So let's say there's a quality of men, right? Let's say it's, it's uh, uh, very tyrannical, okay, because that's what the father was. So you have someone who either becomes tyrannical or they're in reaction formation from it and becomes very, um, very no boundaries or very helicopter parenty. Right? Then they're in reaction formation to it. And for the mother, vice versa. So all of these dynamics are playing out, but they're subconscious. They're actually within the person's body, and then they play out in the movement. How you do one thing is how you do anything. Mm -hmm. So as it plays out in the movement, that's how it actually plays out in their life. So this stuff is not just theoretical. It's not a spiritual belief system. This stuff is practical. How they move in their body, how the masculine shows up in the body, how the feminine shows up in the body relates to what they learned as a child throughout their life and their experiences and the results they get in their own personal relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. You know, I, I really do wish that Celine were here because I know that she would have some fascinating questions to ask you about this because she did a lot of somatic work herself. Oh, cool. Great. And, uh, you know, one of her, her little phrases that, you know, she came, I don't know if she came up with it, but she used to say it all the time was, you know, your issues get stuck in your tissues, right? <laughs> 
So yeah, that's yep. that, that idea that, so, you know, what we're talking about here is it's our learned behaviors from our parents that get embodied into us physically. What she was talking about was a little bit more of, you know, whatever traumas you've experienced. Traumas, yeah. That yep. sort of stuff yep. also gets, gets locked yep. into your, your literally your physical body. And so doing somatic type work, which I think my listeners are probably somewhat familiar with, um, is a way of releasing that stuff. Yep. I think your approach is really uh, interesting and unique, though. I think that's the first time I've heard of somebody doing it exactly that way. So that sounds really interesting. Okay, let's talk a little bit about... Oh, actually, we're at the halfway point. I need a break for a sponsor. I I just looked at the time. I'm like, whoa, that was already halfway. Okay, (laughs) let me read an ad from the sponsor, and then we will continue. Hey, guys, do you know what makes a man great? You know the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, his physical body, being great in bed, a big penis, or great pickup lines? But what if you don't have any of those? Or what if you only have some of them? What if you've had a f- string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? Then I can help you. If you are ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be, then this is the program for you. To find out more, go to kevinandceline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That is kevinanseline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That is a link to my men's coaching program. Link is in the description, so please go check that out. Okay, let's get back into archetypes. I'm curious, because we're talking about masculine and feminine archetypes sort of generally. I'm curious if you have some examples of a particular archetype on the masculine side or a particular archetype on the feminine side. Probably ones I would assume that you see that show up uh, somewhat regularly. Yeah, so let me first uh, clarify a bit how I talk about archetypes because it's a little bit different. So I, you know, there's, I think, a book, uh, uh, Warrior, King, uh, Magician, Lover, you know, something like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, I haven't read it, but I understand the premise. Um, This is different than that. Uh, So a lot of people come in and say, all right, we're going to be doing archetypical work. And they're like, oh, well, what archetype am I? And that's not quite what we're we're doing here. Um, So when I talk about archetypes, I'm I'm referring to the, the quintessential energy of something. So, for example, um, being dominant is dominant, dominance, that's an archetypical energy. Submissive is an archetypical energy. Now, there are mythological archetypes that represent these concepts, which a lot is what most people talk about. And so, for those, we have... um, Well, kind of what we talked about. So laying this foundation, I'm bouncing around a bit, but I'll bring it all together and it'll make make sense. So we have stereotypes, which are manly or girly or culturally based things like that that from culture to culture will be different. You know, so in some cultures, men are more like this and women are more like this or whatever it is. 
these are stereotypes. We're like, oh, all men are like football and drinking beer, and all women like shopping and painting their nails. These are stereotypes. And to me, they're not very interesting, um, and they usually do more harm than good. However, a lot of these stereotypes come from an archetypical thing. So, uh, liking football and drinking beer, whatever, this kind of thing. Well, there's an archetypical archetypical energy underneath that of men bonding, right? So, this brotherhood archetype. There's a athleticism, right? A hunter, a physical prowess. There's this testosterone kind of energy that leads to stronger muscles of physical, uh, you know, hunting animals. So if you trace it back, you can see that uh, mythologically over history and evolutionary, uh, these contain more of the archetypes. It doesn't matter what culture you're in, men are going to have a more physical strength. There's a certain archetype around that. And with women, the same thing. So those are more of the things that I talk about when I refer to archetypes. We talk about those over-stereotypes. We, we almost never talk about these stereotypes. Well, well, men do this and women do that. It's just very low-resolution thinking. If you get into these archetypes, you start dealing with energies. When I say energies, I don't mean something uh, esoteric. I mean like Dominance is an energy. Confidence is an energy. Leading is an energy. Following is an energy. Uh, surrendering. So these are the things that I focus on, and these are the things that play out with my clients. So, for example, how this can play out is let's say, let's say there's uh, a client who is abandoning themselves who is trying to rescue people and uh, overgiving, all right? So they, and they are not feeling nourished and fulfilled, their needs aren't being met. These are archetypical concepts. Now, if you put all of those together, there's a feeling behind it, and there's a certain archetype that sum, summarizes all of that. That could be a martyr. Now we can put it. Uh, per, we can personify the archetype and say, "Okay, this looks like a Joan of Arc or uh, whatever it is." Those are personifications to these archetypes. The archetypes transcend those people. And so when we start taking a look at that, we say, "Oh, okay. Well, you have this myth playing through you of being this martyr." And then the client gets to see themselves doing that on video. So they get to see that martyr archetype play through their bodies. They get to see how they're abandoning themselves. They're literally abandoning their spine. They're leaning forward. They're doing all these physical things that are a result of embodying the energies of that archetype. And so we address the dysfunctional stuff first, the traumas, the distortions, all of that. And then we say, okay, well, why are you martyring yourself? Okay, you can see it. Okay, well, your needs aren't being met. Okay, well, what are your needs? And then so we go into each of those and dive into, okay, well, how do you get your needs met without abandoning yourself, without being a martyr? And so that's where all of the healing takes place, as well as becoming more functional. Because it's I've, I've realized it's 
not just about healing or not just about functionality. You can read books on self-help on how to become a better lover, a better man. And you can read other things that are like, well, how do you heal the trauma? How do you heal how your dad left you or your mom was you know, bipolar and you were abused from that? But nothing really comes together and says, well, how do you heal all of this and make more money? How do you do all of this and heal and actually attract more women or men into your life? And so this whole process of looking at these masculine feminine energies, these archetypes in the body, allow you to see these things in yourself practically. They're not just a theory. You're not just reading a book and having to figure out, well, how does a king apply to my life? You actually get to do the things, make the choices in your body, move your body physically, and that creates this transformation. And then from there, we start helping people embody more functional archetypes. So rather than being a martyr, what could be more useful? How about a warrior? How about, you know, whatever the hell it is? Yeah, two great things that you you said there. The first one is that you are sort of separating what people usually call archetypes, like you said, the king and the this and that. And the reason why I think that's such a good idea is because I see this, you know, I see it in uh, astrology, especially Eastern astrology, when people are big into that, there's, you know, there's an animal, right? And everybody wants to be, I want to be the tiger. I want to be the lion. I don't want to be the snake, right? And and they're missing the point, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I have a friend who who runs a website based on uh, spirit animals. And you see the same thing over there all the time, too. People are like, I don't want to have a butterfly as my spirit. Because they, <laughs> I don't want to be the gopher. <laughs> right, right. Because they, they project too much onto the symbol itself. And so yes. I like yeah. the fact that you separate those symbols out because, I mean, you're talking to a guy. What guy doesn't want to be the king, right? Yeah, Every right. guy wants to be the king. So if he, if he gets any other archetype other than the king, he's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be that, you know? So I, that's the first part that you said that I really think is, is really great, is separating that out and focusing more on the underlying energies. And yeah, maybe later on you can bring in the personification of that. But that's great. The second thing that you said that I really liked is usually when people talk about archetypes, and you mentioned this before too, it's like, I'm a this, I'm a that. I took the quiz and it said I was blah, 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 right? <laughs> but then the question always becomes, well, how does that apply to life? How does that help me? How does that help me fix whatever problem I got or heal from whatever I'm trying to heal from? And I liked, you, you clearly explained how you can take that information and then use it to create transformation, which is really what it's all about, right? Yeah, the, the, the transformation uh, is the point. You know, a lot of us, we just, uh, I call them data gathering. They're just looking for more information to, f- to fill up their head. And in the beginning, it's really great because you're learning all this stuff. You're having all these awareness and breakthroughs. But eventually, uh, if you don't actually take action and transform your life, make new choices, uh, you to do what I've done many times is you start hiding behind the information. You know, so astrology, oh, well, I'm a this. We don't do that. Oh, I'm a Scorpio. Scorpios don't do that. No, 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 no. As a side note, as a fun side note for the people that want to hear this, um, in the higher esoteric work that I do, there's an understanding that you're born into an astrological sign. Well, the whole point isn't to be a victim to that. 
The whole point is to actually integrate the entire zodiac. You actually integrate and embody the entire thing. You just start off with certain limitations, with certain preferences, and you go through that. Every single thing has something to offer. And you said something amazing that, that I do in my work all the time with clients is projection. So it's okay. So, all right, when I say, oh, you're the gopher or you're a this and you get upset, why? And then we start all of those projections you talked about are what prevents that person from accessing the resources of that archetype. When you're judging the lover, the magician, the butterfly, the the gopher, whatever it is, in a practical sense, it could be character qualities, like for men, right? Men here, oh, well, surrender. Let yourself be penetrable. Um, soften, slow down. They're like, uh, 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 uh. beauty, uh, no, right? Well, guess what? That tells me they're all out of relationship with those archetypes, with those energies, which means two things. One, they're not letting them have that in their own life. Right? They don't have access to beauty. They don't have access to surrender, which, again, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. All of these are important things. And two, they don't know how to relate to it, which means when they meet a woman, they can't understand it. They don't know how to relate to it. They, they, they just don't see it or they reject it. And this is when you have men that are like, oh, she's so emotional. Oh, I can't handle her questions or this, this. Those are are people that are out of relationship with all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> again, just really, really well said. I, I, I don't know that I've had a conversation on archetypes that has been laid out as clearly as this one has. So I really, I really appreciate that. And I think... There's a reason when you, when you get into spiritual teachings, as you know, because you've, you've already mentioned to me that you've studied a lot of this stuff, you know, it seems really hard to understand. And eventually, after enough study, you, you get what they're trying to tell you. And then you go, why didn't they just say that? They, why, <laughs> like, why didn't they just say that, right? Well, there's a reason why they didn't just say that. Because if they just said it, you wouldn't have heard it and you wouldn't have understood it and you wouldn't have integrated it into who you yep. are, Right. I have a feeling that people who are listening to this show, like you dropped some really, really big truths about archetypes and how they apply. And I think this might be one of those ones that people will go back and listen to five years down the road after they've done a bunch <laughs> of work and they're going to go, now I get it. I understand what he said. That makes total sense. <laughs> so archive this one, listeners, uh, go back to it at some point in the future. And I think it's going to make even more sense to you then. Okay, um, this is a fascinating discussion on archetypes. I'm wondering, because there's a lot of different directions we can go in here, and we only have a little bit of time left. So I'm curious, are there any sort of final words that you want to leave people with when it comes to archetypes, masculine, feminine energies, the work that you do? Yeah, a, a bit of a continuation on what we were just saying is that so many of us get <clears throat> so many of us get caught up in our projections and our judgments and our distortions of these things. Um, I've done a lot of work in developing both my masculine and feminine. And I will meet women 
and I'm in more relationship with my feminine, with my intuition, with my creativity, being able to surrender, um, feeling emotions. And a lot of women love it and a lot of women also get freaked out by it because they, 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 they don't understand. And so also the same thing with men is that I don't look like a 250-pound jacked rip dominating alpha whatever. But when I'm with my woman and when I'm with her in the bedroom, um, she'll beg to differ <laughs> and in my life, right? Well, what's being an alpha male? Well, there's all the stereotypes and then there's archetypes. Well, what's leading? Leading isn't being a boss, Right? There's, there's that maybe cool graphic you've seen where it's like, leadership is this, being a boss is this. A boss is being on top and with a whip telling all of the servants what to do. A leader is out in front and uh, pulling the pack forward. And so there's a lot of misunderstandings. There's a lot of projections and distortions. Some of those come from trauma. Some of those come from pain, right? If you've had men or women in your life that have acted in certain ways and have hurt you or abused you, that gets put in, that gets wired in. All women are bitches, all men are assholes. This kind of language and behavior is only gonna lead to suffering. It's verifiably not true. But if you are seeing the world through this projection, through this lens, you're gonna have a lot of suffering. If you're looking at masculinity, if you're looking at femininity, through these uh, superficial, stereotypical, distorted lenses, you're going to have a lot of suffering. And this is what's happening in our society right now. There's a war against men because there's been a few tyrannical, corrupt, shadow, dark, terrible men who have led and controlled things and attacked the feminine and have been destructive and abusive. That has been terrible, but that is not what men stand for. That is a shadow aspect of masculinity. There's been women who have done it, right? You've had succubuses, right? You have these archetypes, these energies of seducing, manipulating, um, poisoning. Uh, you know, that's a dark shadow aspect of of woman of femininity, and. If you just take those and apply them to everything, it's wrong. It's verifiably distorted and incorrect, and it's going to lead to a lot of suffering. We're in a here in America, in the West, just things are just absolutely insane right now in the political cultural front, where you can't even say man or woman without somebody freaking out. This is insane. This is not functional. This is incredibly destructive and cancerous to our society. Are there things that men and women stereotypically throughout history have done that have been terrible? Yes, absolutely. Are there also things that men and women throughout history stereotypically have done that have been incredible, right? Like building society up, protecting, giving birth, raising children, um, creativity, making business, I mean, countless, 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 countless things. And so why I'm saying all of this, why this is kind of my final word thing, word thing is because 
talking about masculine femininity right now in our current culture is just, there's just bombs and booby traps everywhere. So if you can take it back to understanding that what we're talking about has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with these foundational principles of existence, of the universe, of consciousness, of just how life works. Um, male and female create offspring. Um, you know, that it, you can vary that however you want. You can live your life however you want. Um, but when it becomes a crime to say something like that, uh, we're in serious trouble. And the reason I bring this up, again, is because if you're studying these concepts, if you're living in this modern times, you're going to be getting all of these conflicting inputs around all of this stuff. And if you can just remember to contextualize this, that this is not a political discussion, this is a, a basic physics dis discussion. This is a basic how men and women are relating to each other, how you relate to yourself. If that's even difficult for you, just bring it back to yourself. How do you relate to these principles, these masculine and feminine, yin and yang principles within yourself? What is your relationship to being rational? What is your relationship to intuition? What is your relationship to thinking? What is your relationship with feeling? What is your relationship with leading, of following, of being dominant, of surrendering, of being able to take control, of being able to let go of control? And if you can start your journey here or continue your journey here based on relating to these archetypes, these concepts within yourself and start to heal those and start to say, okay, well, I'm actually really afraid. I, I'm a follower. I don't want to lead because I'll be too visible. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be humiliated. Great. Those are the places you want to start looking at. That's where you want to start healing or vice versa. And then from that, when you start healing those and getting in relationship to both of these yin and yang principles, you're going to have the embodiment, let's say you're a man and you want to be a masculine man, well, you're going to start developing these masculine qualities to be able to lead, to be able to whatever it is. But you're also developing your intuition, your feeling sense, your emotional IQ, your EQ, your ability to surrender. Well, guess what? Well, with, when, when you're with a woman, you're going to know how to lead her into those things. You're going to know what those things look and feel like. Oh, surrender. Well, what do you need to surrender? Well, safety, trust, respect, you know, rapport, those things. Oh, okay. Well, then you'll know how to provide that for your woman. You'll know that that's what she needs, and you'll have compassion and understanding to guide her through that. And two, you're also, when you're with her, what happens when she's loving you more than you've been able to ever receive before? You're going to have to surrender. You're going to have to let go of the armor. You're maybe going to have to take off the warrior, drop the shield down, let her love in, let her support, nurturing, tenderness to come in. And so you start this journey with relating to these concepts yourself. And then as you do that, that gives you access to those resources to then uh, have that wisdom to apply in your relationships. 
Jones. So well said yet again. I know I keep saying that throughout this uh, <laughs> Thank you. this interview. <laughs> you know, I don't actually say that all the time uh, to all my guests. Like, so, because, you know, you and I don't really know each other. I'm not one of those hosts that just sits here and kisses the butt of all the hosts. Oh, like, yeah. I challenge people, but I'm just really agreeing with what you're saying and how you're saying it. So, therefore, I'm, I'm just letting you know that. Uh, Thank you. What, what was interesting was, uh, there were, I said there were several different directions that we could go, uh, and we only had a little bit of time. So I kind of wanted to to see which one you know you wanted to speak about the most. But in doing so, you covered several of the different uh, uh, directions <laughs> that that I thought we could go in, which was great. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm only going to mention one because we are running out of time, and I want you to have an opportunity to tell people where they can find you, and then I have one further question for you. But the the one part that you said in all of that that I do just want to come back to is you were mentioning how in today's society that we can't even really talk about masculine and feminine stuff these days because people are getting offended and triggered and all that. And I just want to say the whole reason why I continue to talk about it and why I have people like you on the show is because I want to counter that narrative. I want to help try to bring us back into alignment with these sort of universal teachings so thank you for being here and, and helping do that. Well, thank you for, for doing that because we need it. Uh, we need more people like you that are bringing that in, providing a space to give people permission to not only share it like myself, but also to hear it, to say, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy for thinking it's okay to be a man or it's okay to be a woman. Oh, and it's just it's just a, a weird place we're in in history where we have to do this. Uh, but even for a while, there's still been a battle of the sexes, a men versus women. And that always confused the hell out of me because I'm like, wait a minute, why is there a war between us when we want to like be making love and, and have sex in, in bed? Like, you don't do that with someone that you hate. Um, so that, that was one of the things that I realized early on, oh, this isn't a men versus women thing. You know, that whole paradigm is, is terribly flawed. I completely agree. So thank agree. you as well. You're welcome. Yeah, I completely agree. And as you said earlier in the show, the, the, the classic Taoist symbol of the yin yang is, the, is just the perfect representation of that. We are opposite yet the same and part of the whole. I mean, it's just yeah. no, no better way to symbolize that. Okay. Why don't you tell uh, the listeners where they can find more about your work, your center, your book, anything else you want to promote? Great. Thanks. So if you like some of these principles, uh, my book, Awaken to Your True Self, um, it's a big book. It goes into a lot of the inner stuff with this. Um, you can find the Amazon, whatever, my website, andrewdaniel.org. Um, I offer a couple session. I offer... Uh, an embodiment assessment. So if you like or are interested about how these masculine and feminine principles uh, or dating principles or uh, anything around relationships is actually showing up in your body, this, the, the, this subconscious stuff that you just can't see, if uh, that sounded interesting uh, to you, just go to my website, andrewdaniel.org. Uh, and you can find my book. You can schedule that. You can learn about somatics, all of that stuff. Awesome. And the link is in the description as always. All right, Andrew, one final question for you has nothing to do. Well, maybe it does have something to do with this. It all depends how you answer it, but I always like to have a little fun at the end of the show when we have guests. And so there's a question we ask everybody, which is what is your best sexual talent? 
Ooh. Um, I'm really good with energy and words. So just being able to uh, talk erotic. I, I, could write, I can write erotica and uh, talk sexually. So probably you know, whispering or talking or writing, sexting, anything about using words and energy and feeling to uh, arouse or turn on my woman is probably pretty good. You know, that is a skill that not very many men have, and yet a lot of women really like it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of women always say, you, you hear this a lot, especially when you do coaching work around sex, like, I wish he would be more vocal. I wish he would tell me this. I wish he would say these things, you know, and, and a, a lot of guys really struggle with that. So good for you for mastering that skill. It, it took a lot of work. <laughs> I was one of those guys. I was not born with any of this. So yeah, you can learn it. And, you know, that is, a, that is an excellent point to make, which is, you know, when if somebody's listening to somebody like you or if they're listening to my show and they're hearing the advice that I give, realize we weren't born with any of this. We, <laughs> we learned it all through sometimes trial and error, through a lot of study, through working with coaches and therapists and whatever ourselves. So if we can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show. Fascinating conversation. I loved it. And I agree with what you said, which is like, I can't even believe that we are in this time in history where we have to actually say these things. Yeah. But we do. And there's a real need for it. And it's really work that is uh, just so important at this time and age. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Kevin. I, I really loved your questions. And uh, it was fun diving into some of these a little bit deeper concepts on your show. So thanks for providing that space. You're welcome. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and I will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs>